previously on Good Sex, Bad Sex. Lifestyle Dom is basically where you do it for fun as opposed to just for work. Um, so I think there's a way more lifestyle people than you probably think. Also, like within it, you have lifestylers and like you have whether you do it 24-7 or some people do it like as part of a relationship every now and again or like it does some people do it all the time some people just do it for an hour every now and again so like it or some people switch so they explore both sides Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's kind of like getting a smear test, only a lot more intrusive. Oh God. My name is Bibi Lynch. And I'm Miranda Kane. Check out our blogs at metro.co.uk. Coming up, we're speaking to someone who knows all the paths in the Lady Garden. So I'm Tanya Adib. I'm a consultant gynaecologist. I work at Queen's Hospital in the NHS uh, and I'm based at the Lister Hospital in the private sector. So, BB, yeah. uh, have you ever been to get your vagina checked? It's the only action I get, Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> I'm all right about that. Yeah. I know some, it really traumatises some people, doesn't it? Yeah. And I'm actually, um, I mean, there's the pressure to be sex ready. I'm not saying I'm having sex with the gynae, <laughs> but I don't want anyone to be appalled. <laughs> so, so there's the pressure to exfoliate, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I'm... I'm anal, and I'm sure that's the wrong word, but I um, <laughs> I get scared. I get a bit kind of um, nervous about health, so I um, I will happily get that checked. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely, I mean, come on, let's face it, enough people have seen it already, so <laughs> I'm fine. It must be an expert opinion. Yeah, <laughs> medical reasons. <laughs> <laughs> we should go together, get two for one. Oh, it's like a couple massage. Good idea. Although if you're exfoliating, it's going to look like it's been pebble dashed. Tanya Adib, Hello. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to Good Sex, Bad Sex. Um, vaginas. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> um, before we go into this, um, what are we, what are we, are we, are we going vajayjay, vagina? Oh, you want to figure out the, Mary, the name, Punani, Punani uh, is that cultural appropriation these Yeah, days? that is, that was racist. So, um, what do you think? It's called a vagina. A vagina. Okay, vagina. <laughs> vagina. Stick um, to the technical. Okay, yes, um, certainly. Um, I'm going to go into a bit of um, research here, Miranda. You might want to write this down because okay. I know how you like to write. Um, intimate health brand, Caniston. Uh, they carried out research and they discovered, and I think this is actually, yeah, I was shocked. 41% of women never check their vaginal area. I'm telling you, Tanya, like you don't know this. I know you know this. And 44% would be unable to identify any abnormal changes. This is worrying. I think it is worrying. Why? Um, if you're not looking in the first place, you don't know what's normal and what's not normal. Mm. Um, and there are lots of conditions that can affect the vagina or more accurately the vulva because actually the skin on the outside is all you can see. Yeah. I think we incorrectly call that the vagina. Yes. The vagina is the tube that leads from the outside to the womb. And the outside area is actually called the vulva. So... I think whilst we normally call it the vagina, and that's what people understand it by, it's actually the vulva. And that's what you should be concentrating on. So that's technically what you should be calling it. Yeah. So Other Swedish cars are available. That's right. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's right. So the trick is to have a look and get to know what your vagina or vulva looks like. And then you'll know if something's changed. 
if you've got symptoms. Um, and that's really the time when you may need to do something about it. Why don't people check? I think we're not really taught to feel comfortable with our sexual organs and our intimate health. Now, is that the royal we or is that, do you think that's a female we? Because I would say it was more like that the women aren't taught to love their... I mean, boys, they're, when they're from a young age, and this may be, you know, different in your experience, but, like, I think in they're the young age... They're all about it, aren't they? They're all about it. They're being told, you know... They're twirling it. They're twirling it. They're yeah. shaking it. They they're doing all it sorts tables. with it. And they're being told off for touching it too much. Yeah. Whereas yeah. as girls, we're not told that. We're, we're, we're pretty much not told anything. Like, even now, you're looking at people who are sort of far too old to have to be told what the difference is between a vagina and a vulva <laughs> and yet I'm like oh yeah that's quite interesting you know so do you think it is that it's more a female thing that we're not told about our genitalia or do you think that's just everyone in general I think it is a female thing yeah I don't think we're taught about what we should look like when we're at school I think we're all really embarrassed and inhibited yeah about what goes on down there um, we're not comfortable about looking at ourselves we don't love that area yeah. and I think that's the key to feel really comfortable and confident about our intimate health yeah. and having a look feeling comfortable women in Europe for example as soon as they start having periods they go find themselves a gynecologist and go see their gynecologist once a year mm. no way yes way you know, I see a lot of French women who come over to London and say, well, I've just come for a routine check. Yeah. And I say, uh-huh. Well, I've been seeing my French gynecologist for the last 10 years. I go once a year. I have my smear test. I get examined. I talk about my gynecological issues. And they're really comfortable with yeah. their functioning. And they are more comfortable about talking about what's going on because that's just routine and normal and... That's what they do. Is that cultural or is that economics? So, like, here, would we not be providing that on the NHS just because we can't provide that? Oh, we can't provide that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it is also a cultural thing. I think women abroad, they go for routine checks much more than we do here. And I think that's a shame. Yeah. How do I we think check? We've got, how do we check? So I'm thinking hand mirror. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Miranda, could well, you? Well, I go for camera, <laughs> video... <laughs> Spotlight. Instagram, spotlight, <laughs> angle poise, get my crew around me, <laughs> makeup, yeah, hair and makeup, <laughs> bit of shine. But how do you do it? So you get, you get, you get a mirror and yeah. you have a look. You get a mirror and you point it at your vagina yeah. and you have a look yeah. in the mirror. And You've you see... obviously done it before. <laughs> I can tell. That's all she does. You were practicing before we came. That's all okay. she does. What are um. So when I was reading these stats as well, it's like all the common misconceptions. And so we're going to talk about what you should, you know, what kind of normal issues and then maybe what's more worrying. Mm. But um, but thrush, for instance, which is kind of, I, got, I mean, I'd say 70, I'm sure there's a stat I maybe shouldn't just make. 75% of women, of women will yeah, have thrush at, at least point. once in their lifetime. Mm. And women think it's because they're not clean enough. Yes, it's, they think it's due to bad hygiene. Yeah. Um, it's not at all. Yeah. Actually, we're probably overwashing. Uh, we're using really strong detergents, really strong scented uh, soaps, which are abrasive. And the more you clean, the more irritation it produces. Mm. And then that puts you at risk of thrush and other infections. Does natural yoghurt work with thrush? What, like eat, eating it or Sticking, smothering it on? Putting it in. I don't know. Does it? I wouldn't do. <laughs> wouldn't you? I wouldn't do. There are lots <laughs> of... Flavoured? There are lots of products now that contain lactobacilli 
uh, which are sterile and clean and safe. I wouldn't start using yogurt. Okay. Why do we have such like bad names for things like yeah. like thrush yeah. and smear and even BV? BV. Like, yeah, it always mm. just sounds so bad. Give us the full for BV bacterial yeah. bacterial vaginosis. If you could explain that because that's also quite common, isn't it? But but I I I got it like a couple of years ago and I was like it's thrush and my doctor was like no it's BV and I'd never heard mm. of it mm. at the grand age of thirty five. So just on a personal note, if you can BV. So BV. This is where she goes, you're gross, and it's... <laughs> get out. Get out. Sorry. No, sorry. One in three women will get BV. Yeah. And the symptoms of BV can be very similar to those of thrush. So you get a discharge, you get itching, you get discomfort. Yeah. It can be painful to pass urine. Um, sex can be uncomfortable. Um, so there's quite a lot of overlap between the two yeah. um, infections. Um, and they can both be recurrent. So it's important to know exactly which um, infection you've got. Is there like home tests or anything for that? There are. I mean, I say if it's your first infection, go and see a doctor. OK. Uh, so that they can examine you and diagnose you correctly. If you've had it more than once and you think you know what it is, you can treat it. There are home kits that you can take that probably with about 90% accuracy will differentiate between bacterial vaginosis and thrush and then you can take the appropriate treatment. Okay. Are either of those dangerous if you leave them untreated? Bacterial vaginosis can lead on to uh, pelvic infections um, and can affect you if you're pregnant so it is really important to treat them. They can also become recurrent. What I tell my patients is it's not just treating these infections, you really want to be looking at prevention as well. Yeah. That's key. Yeah. And what kind of prevention would you recommend? So all the usual things like uh, a good diet, avoiding too much sugar, exercise. <laughs> We're beginning to see why I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy hasn't named him yet. <laughs> what was his name? Producer Sam. <laughs> um, so exercise keeps your pelvic floor healthy as yeah. well. Um, what jogging does yeah trying to keep as stress free as possible so just managing that stress we all get stress but it's how we process it and manage it which is key and stress can uh, make you more prone to infections and that's the key so all this kind of an imbalanced lifestyle causes imbalance in your vagina so the in the bacteria or so, so that's why it... yes yeah, so with bacterial vaginosis you're more likely to get it if the pH of the vagina increases. So usually the vagina's acidic uh, and that's what maintains the lactobacilli um, which keep a film on the uh, vagina and allow it to be self-cleaning. Um, this is why we say don't douche yeah. because mm. it removes all the healthy bacteria and actually makes you much more prone to getting dangerous uh, infections in the vagina. Said as well in the research that um, BV sometimes there's, there's a, a smell, isn't there? There's a kind of a metallic-y, fishy kind of smell, which it's is a fishy smell. smell yeah. yeah, and that some people um, like spray themselves with perfume. To I mean, God, oh, you're just making it worse. You're not making that good. You know, Unless a fishy a fishy odor is really embarrassing, and it makes women feel really uncomfortable. It can really affect your self confidence, um, how you 
go through your daily routine. You know, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you're not going to be able to sit down at your job mm. or, you know, feel confident or comfortable with what you're doing. Mm. And you so know, you that, see why people have kind of gone that route. Well, yes, I can understand why they'd want to spray perfume to try and mask the smell. Yeah. I have patients who say, look, I don't feel comfortable in embarking on a sexual relationship because I'm getting all these recurrent infections. Uh, yeah. So it does, it, it really affects it your, really... your sexual function, your self-esteem. Yeah. Um, so how the vagina functions, you know, let's be serious, has a real effect on our overall health. Yeah. It's like what we were saying to Dr. Man about erectile dysfunction, which is just if there's something, if there's a problem, go and see your doctor mm. because they've, they've seen it all before. And whatever the problem Whatever is. your problem is. And especially if it, you do find that it's affecting your yeah. relationships and, yeah. and your sexual lifestyle, then like, I think people would be worried about going when they've got something reoccurring. And especially, like you said, if you're worried about the smell or, you know, what it might look like or something. But no doctor's going to be shocked. They're going to be, yep. Yeah. No doctor's going to be shocked. No doctor's going to be shocked. All doctors are trained in how to deal with these kind of problems. Yeah. Women just feel really embarrassed and awkward about going to see their doctor about it. Yeah. Uh, they do. They feel really embarrassed. It's such a shame. But don't so be. when you're, ch- you're checking, you kind of... So it's like um, when you do a boob check, isn't it? You kind of... You know your boobs and then when something's different, that's when you know there's something up. Exactly. With your, the vagina... So, so that's it. So there's nothing specific that you can look out for that you're like, well, actually, that's, that's not great. It's just that there's a difference. Or is there something that if it happens, you're like, okay, that is very worrying. It is. It's when it's something different. Just when it's so, different. you know, get to know your body, when you have your periods, you know, you're going to have some discharge. Mm -hmm. That's normal. It's when those periods change in character. It's when the odour or the discharge changes and it's uncomfortable. That's when to go see your doctor. Are those like the big warning signs of something more worrying when it's affecting your period or is there something around your vulva or anything else that you would recommend? It's it's when things change, like you said. So if you're not having periods, if you're having too many periods, if they've become very heavy and unmanageable, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are so many treatments we've got available now. Yeah. Women don't have to put up with heavy, painful periods or irregular periods. We can do something about it. We just need patients to come to us and, and let us know about their yeah. problems. Also, you know, if you notice something on the vulva that hasn't been there before, let your doctor have a look at it. If you've got discharge, if you've got smell, anything that's different and makes you feel uncomfortable, yeah. those are the th- things that you should be reporting. When you say there's, there's symptoms that women don't have to put up with, I guess that's the same for menopause symptoms? So the vagina changes um, as we get older and after the menopause with the drop in oestrogen the skin can become really dry and thin and that can cause all sorts of problems not just discomfort but painful intercourse it can affect how the bladder functions and there are lots of treatments now that women can have and shouldn't really put up with symptoms Um, we've got hormone replacement therapy um, we've got vaginal treatments using lasers or radiofrequency that are really helpful that don't use hormones. Um, yeah, because some people are going to be anti Some women can't, oh, can't. Um, have hormones or don't want to. Yeah. So there are so many new techniques and technologies now 
don't put up with your symptoms. If you've got issues, go and see your doctor. And the laser, what does that do? It just stimulates the vagina to um, thicken the skin and reorganise the collagen. It's amazing. Yeah. It works against the degenerative effects. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, it can keep your vagina healthy. And is that NHSE? Or is that not yet. pounds? Yeah. Not <laughs> yet. <laughs> How much is it? The laser and the radio frequency is only available privately. And you're talking around about £600 a session. Mm. So it's not affordable for everybody. Yeah. But I think as it becomes more mainstream, it will be more widely available. But like you said, like we, 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 um, Miranda said, it's what price can you put on it if it's about self-esteem and enjoying your life and just being happy and, have, yeah. and not even being, you know, if you're scared to enter into a relationship, you know, if all that goes, money well spent, I guess, yeah. if you've got it. Can we talk about the kind of aesthetic idea of of uh, vaginas only because no shh, because shh, because i think has it changed throughout history in, in terms of how they're seen i mean people have their vulvas surgically altered has there always been below the waist vanity to that extent not vanity but issues about it insecurity about it historically no yeah uh, but now that women shave all their pubic hair off you can see the folds of the vulva much more clearly now whereas previously they were hidden by the hair she didn't really notice as much um, so women are much more self-conscious about the folds of the vulva we all come in different shapes and sizes yeah mm. we do and it's normal to have labia and it's you know some are bigger some are smaller some are longer some are not so long it's all normal mm. some women have very long labias where it rubs it can cause discomfort. You know, in, in, in a small subsection of women, they may benefit from some kind of procedure, but really because of discomfort mainly. You know, I think it's a shame that women don't accept the way they look. There's a great... Who, who's talking about the artist? He's, he's based in Brighton and um, his artwork is... Is it the Great Wall of Vagina? Oh, yeah. And so it's just all these different vaginas. Yeah. And, I mean, that's... Vulvas. Vulvas. Oh, and vulvas. Vulvas and labias. Sorry, vulvas and labias. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Someone's <laughs> after your job. She's getting technical now. Yeah. yeah. She's such I a like show it. off. No, you don't like it. You don't like it. No one likes it. Um, <laughs> but how great is that? You're just kind of going, oh, right. Okay, sure. Yeah. I think porn has ruined vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, I mean, are Over you talking to you? literally or figuratively? <laughs> In every way. <laughs> <laughs> just in that you look at you look at a vulva, yeah, a highly powdered. I'm not looking vulva. at the vulva when I watch Paul. No, but, but I know, yeah, I know. Yes, you are. And then <laughs> and then you and you're like, well, is my vulva like that? I don't know. Yeah. Would a good doctor um, refuse to do surgery like that? That uh, a cosmetic procedure that wasn't because it was uncomfortable. Uh, some doctors do. Yes, you have to understand the patient's motivation. Is it for her that she's doing it, or for her partner? I think that's yeah. really important. It has to be driven by the woman herself. Well, if you offer him an extra inch, then you'll find out. <laughs> I don't treat man. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's a good attitude. <laughs> Me neither, but I don't think that's voluntarily. No, that's, um, that's not on your oath. <laughs> smear tests. So we must encourage people to, women to have them. Go yeah. and have your smear yeah. test. 
Absolutely. Go and have your smith. I don't mind nothing, mine. Nothing to be scared of. Yeah. A friend of mine, she recently got cervical. Well, it was a cervical cancer scare. And we both got really confused about the terminology because I had one where it said you're borderline. So it meant that I had to go to the hospital and get the little thingy biopsy done. But she got something that where it just sort of said like something like CFMC or something. So what are the terms for smear test results? So if you get a result, what should you, what, what does yeah, it mean? Yeah. So the first thing to say is a smear test is looking for pre-cancer, not cancer. Okay. Okay, so this is not a cancer test. Yeah. And cervical screening is one of the most successful screening stories that we have. Um, cervical cancer is almost completely preventable. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. So the point of a smear test is to pick up abnormal cells on the cervix. Yeah. And we have to grade how abnormal they look. So we grade them into mild, moderate and severely abnormal. Okay. Just because you have to categorise it somehow. Yeah. And then there's a category called borderline, which is not as abnormal as mild. Okay. Um, And we also now test for human papillomavirus. Okay. HPV, because HPV causes cervical cancer. So the smear test will test for HPV and it'll also look at whether the cells look normal or abnormal. Uh And if they look abnormal, they'll tell us whether they look mildly, moderately or severely abnormal. And if you have an abnormal smear test, you get sent to a clinic for a procedure called a colposcopy. Uh, And all that is, is putting some cold vinegar solution on the cervix and having a look with a microscope. Oh. And if there's an area on the cervix that corresponds to the smear, we take a biopsy. Yeah. And, you know, if there are abnormal cells there that are moderately or severely abnormal, you have a loop comb biopsy that removes the abnormal cells. Ah, so and it's all very it. straightforward. What, very straightforward. What are the stats then of the, you know, it's be, it being found? <laughs> I'll, let, I'll check that out. So around 14% of smears are abnormal. Yeah. Uh, but less than 1% are uh, severely yeah. abnormal. And in terms of having the screening, because you said cervical cancer is, is almost... So merely... women who are diagnosed with cervical cancer generally haven't had a smear test. Right. Wow. Okay. Okay, that's okay, the majority. So, smear test, smear test, smear so test. just go for your smear test. Yeah. Um, because the longer you put it off, the more likely there is, you know, if there's something there, we're not going to pick it up early. Yeah. Yeah. And I can make a difference. Oh, that's lovely. Do you find people open up when they open up, which is a really crass <laughs> way of saying it, Miranda. But what? Yeah. I, but my point is, you kind of do, don't you? Because you're so vulnerable. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's all about making the patient feel comfortable and at ease and able to describe all the things that are going on for her. And actually, a lot of the things that the patients tell me, I've already experienced as well at some point in my life. So I kind of, you know, I often get what they're saying. (laughs) 
thank you to our brilliant guest, Tanya Adib. Miranda, mm. you were wide-eyed throughout all that. Yeah. You loved it. Yeah. What did you learn? Uh, I learned a lot lot more technical things. Mm. Uh, and certainly, the, whilst there's so many different things that can happen to the vagina, everyone's seen it all before. So there's absolutely no point in holding it all in. Uh, just get out there and see your doctor. Do you think a lot more people people would listen to that and be able to go to their doctor a bit more now? Yeah. I'd hope so. Yeah, because there's nothing terrifying and everything seems solvable. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, and because I think that's always the fear, isn't it? People <sighs> yeah. don't want to hear the truth about something. But the truth here is it's cool. Whatever happened to us, like, you know, 20 years ago at doctors when they didn't have this kind of technology, then things have changed now. There's all sorts people can do. I'm quite psyched. Ooh. To the extent I may now put my pants back on. Oh, <laughs> we're, all, we're all very fortunate for that. Thank you very much to our guest, Tanya Adib. And if you're interested in finding out more about Tanya's work, then you can check out caniston.co.uk. My name is Bibi Lynch. And I'm Miranda Kane. Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Sam Bonham. Well, produced. Can we say that? Yeah. See you next week for some more Good Sex, Bad Sex. Good Sex, Bad Sex.